0: Number one to start off is getting very clear about what we call ideal client clarity. So who truly is your ideal client? Because it doesn't matter whether you can serve 10 different groups. The reality is that you want to hone in on, you know, what are one or two groups that you really feel that you can add the most value for?
1: Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Michael. It's great to have you joining me here today.
0: It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. We're going to be talking about consultants, how to get more clients, how to get more leads, how to grow your business, how to scale, all the good things that people love to talk about. But before we jump into today's topic, why don't you share a little bit about what it is you do and obviously the kind of people you serve are consultants, but a little bit more about the type of people that you work with.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so last 21 years, I've been building consulting businesses and um, last 11 of that been working specifically with consultants all around the world, helping them to go from the corporate world into consulting and then helping those that already have established consulting businesses to take their business to the next level. So it's really about helping them with their messaging and honing in on their area of specialization then their strategic offers, their service offerings. Their pricing, how they package themselves and develop a marketing system to attract more ideal clients. So that's the world that I've been living in and working in both in North America and over in Asia. I ran, I opened up a branch office for one of our consulting businesses there many years ago. So I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of different companies and different industries all around the world and taking those best practices of building consulting businesses. And that's really what consulting success is all about is a little over a decade ago started sharing. Those experiences with people, both you know, the good, the bad, the ugly of what was working, what wasn't, um, really as a resource to help those who want to create more successful kind of consulting businesses and achieve more success themselves, to avoid some of the most common mistakes that uh, that we made as we built our businesses. And so, um, yeah, we've built up a, a very nice community out of that, and have again the pleasure of working with a lot of different consultants in many different industries all around the world. And like I said, fast forward today to today, we have about 450 but almost actually i think going on now 500 consultants that have come through our coaching programs and several thousands have gone through our training programs
1: love it love it love it are you seeing a rise in consultants now leaving corporate or do you foresee this sort of happening off the back of covid because obviously we're seeing huge amounts of people being displaced out of work across the world I'm anticipating or I imagine that there's quite a lot of consultants that are going to be heading out on their own lately. What have you seen with the trends around that?
0: Yeah I mean there's definitely been growth so our business has always been pretty busy and we were you no know, fortunate to see pretty strong demand but from March of 2020 so right when kind of COVID was really starting to impact a lot of people around the world things got a heck of a lot busier uh, and so you know being very Empathetic to many people who had very challenging times for us. It was the exact opposite. We were, you know, hiring and building the team March, April, May, June, you know, just since COVID, essentially our business has been very busy. And it's interesting because as you mentioned, Samantha, like I've had conversations with many clients who would say things along the lines of, you know, I've been thinking about becoming a consultant for quite some time. It's just now I was put in a position where. Everything got accelerated and I wasn't able to do the transition that I had planned. I essentially, you know, was kicked into that transition because I was let go of, you know, the company that I worked at. So we had a whole bunch of people who that happened to, who again had been thinking about becoming consultants. And then this was just kind of the, the situation they found themselves in. And so they decided to now take action on it because they saw that as the best path forward. We also had a group of people who were already consultants and in many cases, quite successful. You know, these are people that are doing half a million to, you know, three quarters of a million dollars a year, some cases less, some cases more. But what they recognize is that because of COVID, that their business had gotten to the place where it was in most cases, just on the back of doing great work, their, you know, referrals, their connections, their network, but they didn't have a good plan in place to really take their business to that next level. And so when COVID came in, They went and said to themselves, you know, we don't really have a good marketing plan in place. We don't actually have a strategy for what we should be doing to acquire new clients and to build our pipeline. And so many people kind of just woke up one day and start to recognize that either they were in a position where they couldn't see the next client coming, or they just felt really, you know, call it fragile because they knew that while they were in a good place right now, they weren't sure what would be happening in the months to come. And so that's where we started having a lot more conversations with people who are looking for help to support either that missing marketing piece or the transition from corporate to consulting.
1: Mm. I love that you mentioned the word accelerated because I feel that that's what this year has done. Whilst there's been a massive slowdown in the world, it's like the yin and yang, right? For the half of people that have had the slowdown, I've what I've seen this year is the other half of people have a real acceleration. And I know that I've been doing quite a lot of research into the future of work over the last few years. And just looking at the figures, I feel like it has accelerated like so many years to where people were predicting it would happen. So I know that by the prediction was that by 2050, 80% of the world would be freelancing. I actually think that's going to be brought much, much more forward right now because of, you know, the way that corporations and the way that we're doing business. And the other thing I wanted to touch on really quickly was you talking about people really feeling like they were fragile. I know there was some people that that I was speaking to saying that 80% of consultants generally go back to their corporate career within 18 months, because that is the time frame that their network that they understand and know sort of dries up or, you know, they don't know where to get their leads. So let's start there because I think that, that you know, going into business is somewhere that you need to have a strategy. You can't just sort of go on a wing and a prayer as much as that sounds exciting and we think it's gonna last forever, it just doesn't. So let's talk about the strategy to make sure that you've got you know, some sort of marketing in place so you're not relying on your network that you used to have. Where's somewhere that people need to start looking at right up front?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So the first thing is don't start with marketing. Mm-hmm. right uh, start with getting clear on who you want to market to or who in the consulting world who you want to build relationships with mm-hmm. right and so this is an area that a lot of people either don't even think about or spend not enough time on and so then they they grab kind of the the latest trendiest you know social media tool or marketing method and they start doing it and they don't see great results and they wonder why and it's because they haven't actually set a strong foundation around their marketing and around their business. So they're not being strategic, right? They're thinking more tactical, which I know we might talk a little bit in in a Mm. a few minutes here. But number one to start off is getting very clear about what we call ideal client clarity. So who truly is your ideal client? Because it doesn't matter whether you can serve 10 different groups. The reality is that you want to hone in on you know, what are one or two groups that you really feel that you can add the most value for, that you have a track record of experience and you have demonstrated results that you are passionate about working. We have a, what's called a niche scoring kind of method. It's a process you can go through because what we see with most people, Samantha, is that they come in and they go, yeah, well, I can work with five different groups or five different in different industries. And then they try and do that. And it's not over, not only overwhelming for them because they have to mentally kind of manage all these different groups. It means they have to have different messaging for different groups potentially different services, but definitely it means also marketing to different groups. So there's too much going on. So what we say to people is go through this kind of scoring process to help you to arrive at where you should begin. Because the idea is not that you're eliminating the potential for business with, let's say, four other groups that you could serve. Yes, you can serve them. But if I said to you right now, Samantha, you have one hour, go out and market. Who are you going to go and market to, right? Where are you going to spend that time? And so Really, this exercise is about focus. It's not about saying no to potential opportunities. It's about saying, you know, where can you really get focused around so that you can be productive, so that you can make an impact? That way you can develop a message which will really connect with those ideal clients. So step number one is ideal client clarity, considering all the different criteria that makes somebody an ideal client that makes them, you know, more likely to buy it from you, that makes them more likely to have a problem that you can help to solve and that you've again demonstrated solving it. You have Passion around all these different criteria. So that's number one. Number two is now that you know who that ideal client is, you want to develop what we call a magnetic message, a message that really gets their attention, that gets their interest, that, you know, has them wanting to speak with you and a message that also differentiates you from the other, uh, opportunities or, or options or, you know, uh, alternatives in the marketplace. And so this again is, is a big, um, area for people that they don't spend enough time on. You know, you look at somebody's messaging when you land on their website or what's on their LinkedIn profile or what they're putting out there and anyone could say it, right? It's very general. It's like, "I'm a marketing consultant for small businesses." Great, right? <laughs> There's thousands of you out there. Like, why should I So what you want is using the leverage it becomes leverage of who your ideal client is, right? So if you're let's say your ideal client is an accounting firm and that accounting firm is the small-sized, small to mid-sized accounting firm. Well, knowing that, you can now develop a message that speaks directly to the owners of small to mid-sized accounting firms. So you develop a message that typically covers three areas, kind of three parts of the formula. The first is who is your ideal client. Mm-hmm. So now you can say that, in that. So if I say, yeah, I work, you know, with amazing podcast hosts. Based in Sydney, Australia, right? Now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're thinking of you because that's, that's you, right? Uh So, uh so I say it's the first part is who is your ideal client? The second part is what is the problem that they currently have Mm -hmm. and that they would, uh, and the result that they'd like to see by solving it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an A and a B to that second part. And then the third and final part of the formula is why should they choose you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what makes me different. What makes you different compared to the other alternatives in the market, in the marketplace? And it might be that your clients consistently achieve a certain level of results. It might be that you've worked in an area and you know it better. You know, you're just, you have more information, a higher level of expertise, right? It might be that you have a proven process or a system that consistently generates a certain output or outcome. Whatever it is that makes you unique, that's what you want to include in that message. So now that, one, that you have that message, the next step, and we're going to be getting to leads. Like, we're not even talking marketing yet. Mm-hmm, and this is mm-hmm. why it's because you want to get this foundation in place first. So once you have this message, now you want to start applying it to your website. You want to start applying it to your LinkedIn profile. You want to start putting it out there because again, when people see you either through your website or on your LinkedIn profile, if you're not differentiating yourself, if you're not clearly communicating as to who you want as your ideal client, It's unlikely that people will reach out to you because there's nothing there to capture their attention. There's nothing that's going to speak directly to them, right? There's so much noise out there in the marketplace that most people right now don't stop to take notice unless something really is speaking to them. So now that you have that and you've updated your materials, the next step is marketing, right? The next step is that you go, okay, I now know who my ideal client is. Well, I can find those people. And you can find those people either on LinkedIn, let's say by using something like Sales Navigator. You can go to an association website. There's many, you know, go to a list broker. There's many different ways to find ideal clients once you have clear criteria on who they are. Mm -hmm. And so the next step is to actually begin getting in front of them. And there's many different ways to do this, right? It can start with a LinkedIn connection request. It can start with an email. It can include things like content, videos, articles, but at the end of the day, what you want to do is you want to avoid what unfortunately many people do these days, which is just a whole bunch of automated messages that are mm. general going out to everyone and they're focused on sales and promotion. Nobody likes those, right? And the first thing that you or I do when we typically get those is we hit delete or spam uh-huh. or so the way to differentiate yourself from all those people and to actually use marketing as a way to build relationships is to Craft your outreach and your follow-up messages in whatever format they're in, because they might be written, they might be video, they might be you know audio on a telephone, but all focused on adding value. So you want to think about what can you put in front of your ideal clients that not only will you know be very clear as to your expertise, but more importantly, that that person will actually appreciate receiving that from you. And it can be as short or compact as a new tip or an insight for them. Or it could be, you know, a 10-page white paper. Or it might be a little video message. Or it might be a case study, right? Or it might be a short article. It could be many different things, a podcast episode. But the idea is that you want to get in front of your ideal clients consistently. And so the next part of this is the follow-up, right? So we talk now about you start getting in front of people. But the follow-up is the part where most people in marketing fall down, right? They yeah. stop doing it. And they wonder why things aren't working well for them. And I, I'll share a quick little story here for you and with you so that everyone can maybe see how this can play out. But mm-hmm. we had a fairly, this happened a, maybe a couple of months ago, a new client signed up and became part of our Clarity Coaching Program. And he told us, actually, when I had my first conversation with him, he said, Michael, you know, I've been following what you guys have been doing in Consulting Success for a long time. And I said, oh, like, you know, thank you. That, that's great. You know, how long? He's like, well, it's actually been 10 years. Wow. And I said, whoa. And at first thought, like some people might go like, okay, Michael, like you must have then tried to analyze, like, what did you do wrong? Why did it take you so long to get this guy to become a client? But no, my first thought was like, I was actually proud. I was thinking of how great of a job our team did because how many opportunities did we actually have to stop communicating with this person? Right. But Mm -hmm. we didn't. And the fact that we didn't was what actually now made him become a great client. Right. This is a story that I have replayed over and over with clients all the time. Is that it's not the first thing that we put in front of somebody? It's the follow-up that wins. You know, ten years definitely takes the cake. Like that—that that is the longest I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Considering that our business has been around for eleven years, so he's kind of been with us from the beginning, which is amazing. But which is I, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wonderful. But I consistently hear from people. It's like, oh yeah, I've been reading your articles, or I read your first book, or I took this course that you had a long time ago, or the podcast. And it might be two, three years in some cases. It's a week, some cases a month, but. Back to the marketing piece is that most people miss the opportunity to extract and to to essentially just yeah win a lot more business by being consistent with their follow-up and by making sure their follow-up is focused on the actual ideal client, not Mm -hmm. just on what they do or how great they think they are, but put yourself into the shoes, into the position of your actual ideal client and ask yourself, if you receive this communication, how would you feel? And if you feel good about it, if you feel that it would be on point, if you feel that it would add value, then that's a great thing.
1: The biggest piece of what you've just said, and I think I want to repeat this because it's so, so important and it's where so many people fall down, is understanding that we're not positioning the sale and thinking about us, that we're actually turning that 180 degrees and it's all about them. It's all about adding value to our ideal client. It's about building relationships with them. And I feel that this is where so many people fall down. Even if you think about a networking event, people are walking in and thinking, how can I make a sale? Instead of thinking, How can I get to know this person and then build a relationship and potentially turn that into something down the track? Because we don't know who's going to be an ideal client, who's going to be a referrer, who's going to be, you know, someone that, you know, introduces us to someone that's going to turn into something bigger. We just don't understand that. So focusing on the sale is such a small way of thinking. And everything you just talked about then is all about adding value and making sure that our ideal client is valued.
0: Yeah, and I think just one distinction to this because these days, you know, the kind of internet marketing world is quite loud, right? It's it's in the face Mm -hmm. of all of us and Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of great stuff there. However, what I think a lot of people don't see is the the difference between what works to, let's say, you know, sell a $100 course or a $1,000 course and to actually win a consulting client, somebody that might be investing 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million dollars or, or more with you, right? It's a very different dynamic and it's about relationship. It's about conversation. It's about value. And so I think it's just important that when people kind of look at what they're doing right now to really think about this from a long-term perspective. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. there's things that you can do to win business in the short term or quickly. But typically, if you have somebody that has just seen something that you've done and they don't know you very well, they're typically not going to be as good of a client as someone that's actually been following what you're doing mm. or you have a relationship with. Those people typically tend to resonate more with you and they're going to be a more enjoyable type of client. So just adjusting your mindset around marketing, but it's not this quick transactional thing, but instead it's much more of a long-term value-based, value-focused relationship exercise, I think re- relieves or removes a lot of pressure for people and expectation, but also mm-hmm. sets them up with the understanding that. Yes, this is going to take some time, but when you do it properly, when you're strategic Mm. about it, right, then you can truly see, you know, extraordinary results.
1: Absolutely. I've been in business for such a long time. And with my first businesses back in the early 90s, we spent a lot of money on yellow pages advertising. We would spend well over $50,000 back then on advertising in the yellow pages. And essentially back then people would go through the yellow pages, choose some people that they would ring. They would ring those people, ask some questions, and then they would go and think about it. Then they would get back to you. It's actually flipped on its head now because what happens is by us giving all of the information up front, But generally, when someone comes to you these days, they've actually already made that decision. There's not very many questions that they have because, you know, like the person that's been following you for 10 years, I'll bet he knew your methodology just as well as you did just about, you know, because they've already done that education phase. So I think a lot of people can get really, you know, trapped in their own minds thinking no one's listening, no one's hearing, you know, these things aren't happening, but you just don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Totally. So you talked about strategy. Can we talk about strategy versus tactics? Because this is something that is near and dear to my heart. And I got very excited when I went to your website and saw a blog post on it because I talk about this all the time. It's so important. Can you explain in your words, the difference between strategy and tactics?
0: Yeah. I mean, strategy is really about getting very clear on your end destination, your goal, right? You know, what do you want to achieve? And then the kind of overarching approach that you're going to take to get there. Tactics are all the, the different pieces or specific kind of actions or techniques that you're going to use to reach that goal. So if we talk about, let's say you want to take your business from half a million dollars to a million dollars, just to make this a very simple example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that might be, that's the goal. The strategy to achieve that is going to be, you might say, it's going to be through more engagement of our email newsletter list, right? And, and getting more people onto conversations or into webinars or whatever it might be, right? But you have a very clear strategy, a path, a plan of how you're going to do that. The tactics now are the specific actions that you're going to take. So that might be, okay, we need a webinar. That's a tactic. We need mm-hmm. more emails going out to our list. That's a tactic, right? We Mm -hmm. need to have better social media. That's a tactic. The problem that I see out there, and I think this is, you know, where we resonate and Mm -hmm. see the same issue, Samantha, right? And that we wrote about on, on the consulting success website is that most people spend their time focused on tactics without having a very clear strategy in mind. And the, the challenge with that is that if you're only focusing on the tactic, what if you're using the wrong tactic? Or what if there's Mm -hmm. a better way to reach your end goal? And so if you haven't thought through the strategy, if you haven't allowed yourself to kind of look at it from different angles, then you might be wasting a lot of time, you might be wasting a lot of money. And in most cases, what I see is that people who are only focused on tactics don't actually achieve the result that they want. Because Mm -hmm. if you're focused on a tactic, you'll typically try that for a little bit. And then you'll see that it's not getting you the result that you want. And you say to yourself, oh, this tactic doesn't work. I should go and find something that's better. And because most entrepreneurs are consuming information at all times, they always hear about something that's better out there. So you might say, oh yeah, I heard webinars are great. I'm going to try webinars. You try webinars for a month or two, whatever it might be, oh, that didn't get me great results. Oh, I'm hearing about Instagram that's the latest thing you've got to get more engagement on instagram okay that's what I've been missing all along and then you go out and you invest into whatever it might be to help you with that, and you try it and you dabble in it and it doesn't really you know take off and then you're on to the next thing. so mm-hmm. the important thing for everyone out there is to first get clear on your strategy to really think, okay, what is our goal and then based on where we are now and what we want where we want to be. What's the path? What's the overall plan to get us from where we want or where we are to where we want to be? And then based on that, you can start to ask yourself, well, what are the right tactics to move us there? You know, where do we create the most leverage? What do we have the best skill set or the ability or, you know, you can start to prioritize the tactics based on the strategy that you have. But that's the main message that I want to share with people uh, when I put out that kind of message on the podcast and also on the blog is that I think so often. You know, talking about tactics is kind of sexier. It's more exciting because it's just easier to like talk about tactics, right? And there's more (laughs) coming out. But strategy is old school, right? Strategy is like stuff that it doesn't necessarily change that much. But when you can think strategically, you can often shave off, you know, months, if not years in terms of getting the results that you want, because you're very clear on what you actually need to do. And then you can support that with the right tactics, the right team members, the right plan, but without a strategy. You're just kind of running wild. You might reach your destination, but there's a good chance that you won't.
1: Yeah, totally. And we've got to remember that the people that are selling their tactics, it's worked for them because they've had a strategy in the first place. And I think that that's the big piece that people miss. You know, the people that are selling it aren't telling little porky pies, they're not saying that this works when it doesn't. It's just that they've got a strategy there that most people probably don't have in the first place. And I think that tactics in marketing can be so much sexier than strategy. You know, people are drawn to tactics. It's the bright, shiny object. It's the thing that's going to make them an overnight millionaire where strategy is like, oh, no, that's boring. Like, I don't want strategy. I want that, you know, that get rich quick, that, that thing that's going to move the needle quickly. But there it isn't that thing, and the strategy is the foundation. And when there's no strategy, there it's just like building a house of cards. You know, at the beach on a windy day, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as you're speaking about right now, my my mind is kind of I'm thinking that another way to look at this is that strategy is the idea, right? It's like how to go from where you are to where you want to be. Tactics are you have to have a tactic. You have to actually yeah, you do. Right, And that's why people are drawn to it as well, so yes, it's sexier, right? Yes, it's more like you say to yourself, "Oh, that webinar thing or that tool or that service that's what I need and it's true, like yes, you may need that. The problem though is that if you have the wrong idea or you have a less optimal idea, less optimal strategy, then the tactic that you're using again may be the wrong one. There might be a better one out there, right It might be maybe should be coming at in a different order, and so they're both mm-hmm. required, however. Just having tactics, right, without clear strategy does not create optimal results. And at the same time, having a strategy with no tactics is just like having an idea that will never get Mm -hmm. executed on. So they are both required, but strategy first, tactics then to support the strategy.
1: Yeah, we need the car and the gas. We need them both. (laughs) Otherwise, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Now, talking about strategy, I believe that you have got a blueprint which you have a lot of these strategies and tactics in. I'd love you to share a little bit more about Yeah, that. my
0: pleasure. So yeah, we put together, you know, we have about a thousand articles over at consulting success and we've distilled that down into some of the most popular ones where we touch on and go into detail around things like pricing and specialization your strategic offers, marketing, best practices. And we've compiled that into a 47-page consulting blueprint. And so, yeah, anyone that wants access to that, it's free. You can go to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint, and you'll get access to that right away.
1: Love it definitely go and download that. And as usual, we will put that link in the show notes. So you can go and find that easily if you are listening to us on the treadmill and can't download that right away. Michael, you've added a ton of value. You've talked about a lot of things today, which are just so important for consultants. What is one thing that you would like to leave our listeners with today?
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer in the idea of imperfect action. I think we all have just tremendous potential. And in fact, one of the books that I wrote a few years back is called The Elite Consulting Mind. And it really came from a place of seeing that so many people, you know, they know what they need to do. Like they have an idea around the strategy or or the tactics or, you know, what the technologies are or the different techniques. But what's most often missing is the mindset and then taking action on that. And so I think that's really what I'd like to leave people with is you likely know right now, you know, listening, watching, wherever you are right now, you probably know there's something that could move your business forward, but you haven't taken action on it. And that might be because you're worried that it won't work, or you're worried what people will say, or maybe it's pushing you, you know, into your zone of the unknown. It's stuff you haven't mm-hmm. done before and so it's a bit uncomfortable. Maybe it requires you to pick up the phone and make a call or to send an email to somebody you don't know or to follow up or to ask a question or, you know, something along those lines. But typically Those are the things that are going to make the biggest difference for you in your business. So I just want to encourage you that you don't have to be perfect. In fact, the most successful people still have lots of problems. And you can see this because there's companies out there, right, that are multi-billion dollar organizations, the biggest brands that we all know, that we all you know, respect even, they still make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Nobody's Mm -hmm. perfect. And so the way that you get ahead is by taking more action, learning from that, because the more action you take the more data points you're essentially creating, right? You learn whether something works or doesn't. And so what you want is to accumulate as many of these data points as possible so you can eliminate the things that don't work, lean in to the things that do work or improve the things that don't, and then keep repeating and doing more of that. But right now, if you aren't taking enough action, if you're delaying something that you know is important and valuable for your business, then you're not going to make that progress that you want, even though you have the potential to do so. And I really want everyone to realize and recognize and you know benefit from their true potential and i believe that the way to do that is just to be taking imperfect action and, and benefiting from that mindset you
1: are singing my song michael absolutely agree with you 100 percent thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate all the value bombs that you've dropped in here today and who knows we might get you back on another episode one day
0: thanks so much for having me
1: thank you Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leader's Positioning Checklist over at Samantha Riley.global forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts, and change makers over at global forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one level at hello at global. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday, right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.